Welcome to the HMO Property Podcast, where we connect, educate, and inspire the UK's HMO property community. So stop what you're doing, sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. What's up, HMO Nation, and welcome to an episode of the HMO Property Podcast with me, Rupert Wallace, in association with hmohub.co.uk. In this episode, we're interviewing successful HMO property investor, Miles Patterson Appleton. Miles is going to take us on his HMO property investment journey, including the ups, the downs, the highs, and the lows. Now, Miles has been investing in HMOs for some four years now. He's completed over 28 projects, currently housing 128 tenants. So let's jump straight in. Miles, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Miles, before we dive into the details of your HMO journey, give us a bit about yourself and your background before you started investing in HMOs. Yes, so I was at university studying uh, commercial real estate, so basically training to be a chartered surveyor. Um, obviously, before that, I was sort of at school and just um, being a student um, and and enjoying life quite a lot. <clears throat> Same university. Yeah. Um, and then it's a tricky question to answer, Ray, because I started quite young, so there wasn't that much I was doing before HMOs. Um, in terms of I was at school and then I was at university and when I was at university I started going into HMAs. So <laughs> it's a hard one for me to sort of give much meat to it. So, so, so yeah. Okay, man. And sorry, where, where, where did you go to uni and um, what, yeah, yeah. where, where oh. did you go to uni and um, did you literally just make the leap then straight from uni into full-time property investment? Exactly. So I was at Oxford Brooks um, and I bought my first HMO in my second year. So that's that's it. So yes, I, so and when when I came to leave university, I didn't need to have a job. So I I, I didn't go and have a job straight at uni. So question number one then: Were you financially free as you left university? Not quite. I would say I was living at home. So um, I I no is the answer. I couldn't be living and renting and sort of um, do, doing you know the normal day to day life things on the HMO that I had and then the second one I bought. Um, so, so no is the answer, but uh, I had enough to basically make the decision to be able to live at home and build and build the um, build the portfolio. Fantastic. Uh, what did you, 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 sorry, what did you study at Oxford Brooks? Real estate management. Real estate. So, so you already had a bit of a flavor of the fact that you wanted to go in there. Did you, did you realize um, before you did real estate that it would lead to a really practical real estate existence or had you got you know dreams of going to one of the big companies or what, yeah. what was your thinking? So my first year at, at uni I had no in, I, I was sort of prepared to go and work for you know Savills and uh, and I did a load of work experience with them for a month and things and I was yeah absolutely 100% just going to be a, a surveyor for a couple of years and then probably move into it in due course 
but obviously things didn't quite happen like that. <clears throat> wow. Well, it's quite a unique story, actually. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure we're going to get some good info out of you, which is great. Great. So um, how did you actually get into the world of HMO property investing then? What was uh, what was that kind of light bulb moment? Um, well, I, I was in a like, I was in a very fortunate position that my parents already owned a an HMO portfolio. So I slightly you maybe perhaps a little bit more about them than someone who didn't know anything about them. <clears throat> and I could see the appeal of, of owning HMOs. And so I, um, as soon as I really could, sort of was was trying to get into it at some point because because I had that slight background and I'd seen a few refurbs go on. And and so that's how I got into it. And, and in essence, I, um, I, I basically consumed everything I could when I was in my first sort of year to at university on 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 investing on wealth creation on anything that that would allow me to um grow a portfolio and i pretty much locked myself in my in my room at uni for three days and watched like a dvd on property investing solidly uh -huh. and then you know read every book i could um and just consumed as much as i could and that's how i got into it got it lovely okay so um, I bet you are quite unique because I would imagine a lot of people that go on that course weren't looking for such a practical exit to their degree. Exactly. Um, they, they were fully prepared just to go and work for one of these big companies and um, do the valuations for, 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 you know, for developers, for investors. Um, so, so very unique, very unique. And, it, and it, to be honest, it wasn't practical. It wasn't relatable at all, really, to, to what? um to what we as investors landlords are, are doing uh -huh. um it's, it's all about valuations it's, it's all about sort of law and um so it's not very it, it's practical it's not very it's practical it's not relevant because you can't do the valuations yourself and you can't you know you need if you need that sort of um independent party i suppose to, to do all the that, that side of things for you so it was interesting, but it wasn't particularly practical. Um, I would I would imagine a lot of your friends um, who you're in touch with now are pretty um, pretty envious. I mean, I don't know if they've gone on any of them have gone on to a practical route like you, but um, I'm I'm sure you guys generate some good quality conversations where they're potentially quite envious. We do. I mean, most of them try and flog me things. No. <laughs> so, um, but but yes, no, not no one I know has gone on to to, to build. Portfolio people have obviously bought houses and, and and things, but not a portfolio, an investment portfolio. Got it. All right, next question. Not sure this is relevant to you, but was there anything holding you back getting into HMO property investing? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I was nineteen twenty. Um, I was at university. I had no income. You know, living off student student loans and and small allowances and stuff. Um, and so, so yes, there was. Uh, in terms of you know trying to get a mortgage was quite tricky at, at that time. Um, so, so that was an issue, and actually because of that, I went down a slightly different strategy, which was a sort of rent to rent strategy to start with, trying to build up some income without having to worry about the mortgages. So that that was um, difficult to say the least. Okay. So so that's and just on that. So for example, I think I'd be good to put some examples. The very first property I tried to buy and tried is an important bit here. I we went to three different lenders and they wouldn't lend on me as a student with no income. 
on anything, on an HMA. So it was an existing HMA. Um, and, and we got turned down, we had to put out of it. Okay. So, so that, that, yeah, certainly some things that hold you back. I guess yeah. not the traditional things that most of the answers we get to that question most of the time. I don't yeah. think we've had anyone as young as 1920 on the show, actually. So, um, yeah, quite a unique one. All right, Miles, <laughs> tell us about um, your very first HMO property deal. Yeah, so it was your fairly standard mid-terrace, four-storey um, Victorian property. Um, it was a four-bedroom family house, uh, and the cellar had already been converted. And so we um, we, we simply basically... We, the refurb was really simple on it. We pretty much bought it up to regs, um, painted it, put some carpet in, but we kept the kitchen as it, we kept the bathrooms as they were, um, and we didn't really do a lot to it at all. Um, so that was the, the type of property. We bought it for 233,000. We spent 34,000 on the refurb um, and about 10K on transaction fees. So your stamp and legals and all that sort of stuff. We actually tried to get a planning on it um, to get a seventh room out of it um, because it, at the moment, actually, I'll get to it. Um, it had two sitting rooms and it was a big property. Um, and yeah, we didn't, unfortunately, we didn't get the planning on it, <clears throat> which which was um, a bit of a pain on the refinance side of it. So we bought it, yeah, so we spent um, 277 or whatever that is on it. Yep. And um, we refinanced it for 275,000, so not a lot because we got downvalued without the planning permission on okay. the seventh. However, we a couple months ago we actually just had it revalued at three thirty, so it's come good in the end. And you know, this is a nice thing about properties; it's very forgiving. Um, and um, we found a different lender, so we, we refinanced with Shawbrook originally. We found a different lender recently who would revalue it on the six rooms where it should really have been. So um, it's come good now, uh, and it's about thirty k left in it now. So it's a good it, it had, but it wasn't a great deal at the start because. Obviously, we didn't get a particularly punchy refinance on it. Um, and still, uh, what, what did it cash flow? So two thirty in thirty four plus ten, about two seventy ish. What is a two seventy? Whereabouts in the country was it as well? Yeah, so it's in Hereford. In Hereford, yeah. Midland. Yeah, got it. Um, the net cash flow, um, net, net 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 after investors have been paid after the mortgage after all the bills is about nine hundred pounds a month. Now, right. so great. Yeah. great. After all costs of finance, yeah, everything. Debt, debt and equity. Yep, everything. Sounds like a good first deal. It's all right, but but it wasn't to start with. It was it was about five hundred before we refinanced it, um, and um, because yeah, so it was sure it was very expensive actually. This is the first mortgage that I because we we to get round we had to bridge it to start with, mm -hmm. and then we had to um, we went to Shawbrook on the refinance and. They gave us, I think it was 5.6% was the interest rate on it. So, yeah, expensive. Yeah, exactly. And so we um, we then brought it down, actually. We negotiated with them, brought it down, and then we've just refinanced out to another lender, and that's at 3.5%. So um, it makes a big difference. Sounds like sounds like a good first deal. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, as in, in terms of how it, how it fits in your portfolio, is it the best? Is it the worst? Is it about the middle? Uh, it's very, it's very bog standard. It's a very average, you know, sort of, you know, it's, it's, I would say it's very typical of, of the type of deals I'm, I'm doing sort of thing, which is, 
buy it for around that amount of money. We spent a lot more on stuff recently, but we have been buying houses for less. Um, and leaving anywhere between 30 and 60K is roughly where I like to be. That's my sort of sweet spot. Got it. Miles, sounds like a great deal. Next up, how has investing in HMOs changed your life? Well, um, I haven't known much different in my life. From it probably changed your student life quite a lot. Um, well, I didn't actually, because by the time I'd actually bought them, competed on them, refinanced them, I, you know, student life was sort of just, just sort of behind me and things. And they're actually, and this is the thing that, you know, they're actually cash flowing. By the time they actually cash flow properly, um, I was sort of just leaving um, uni, which I think is important when people to HMOs, you know, it takes much longer than anyone thinks to actually see that cash flow from something. And um, everyone talks about buying, you know, in a week or two or anything. So, um, and then getting cash flow in really quickly. And it just, it doesn't happen like that. And and so it took, you know, I bought it in my second year at uni and it was properly cash flowing by just towards the end of third, the, you know, the sort of end of my third year. So it didn't change it too much, but um, what has changed now is I basically have had a complete freedom to go and travel, to go and do all the things I would love to do at this age. So. I spent four months last year in Southeast Asia traveling with my best mate. We just went off and um, had some fun out there. And then I went and did um, something called the Monga Rally. And we spent a couple months mm -hmm. driving from London to Mongolia um, in a car, which was brilliant. And I'm what, flying- What car did you have, Miles? We had a little 1.2 liter Polo. <laughs> um, it was great. And it, it made it, luckily. Um, did about 15,000 miles out there through some you know, very uh, interesting terrain and interesting places. Um, so that was a good trip, which has allowed me to go and do and not have to worry about jobs. I'm flying to India uh, in January um, for a bit more traveling, just to go and go off and go and do some traveling. So that's what HMAs has allowed me to go and do, which is what I wanted to do, which is go and just travel. Um, so, so that's, yeah, that's why. The whole purpose that. of property, right? Is to, yeah, exactly. Not, not to do this, to tie yourself into more time, but to gain a, gain a bit more freedom. Four months, brilliant, love that. Yeah. Miles, what's your favorite part of HMO property investing? Um, for me, uh, my favorite part is finding deals, putting deals together, um, working out, you know, what the best way of doing it is, bringing in other parties um, to sort of, you know, share in the benefit of HMOs. Um, and as soon as that's, as soon as we complete on one, I'm pretty much on to the next one. I find the refurb quite dull. I find them, obviously the management of it is not interesting to me at all and you know some investors and landlords are very hands-on with their HMOs and they're in there all the time I mean most of my houses I haven't been into one of them for two years now sort of thing you know I, I don't I don't go into them very often I, I, I just that doesn't interest me at all so my favorite part of, it, of investing is finding deals putting them together bringing the right parties in to fund them and um, and pretty much on to the next one as soon as it completes and refurbs underway. Fab. So you, you must have a pretty good team in the background then? We've got a lettings team uh, and a letting agency in the background. So they obviously do all the lettings and management of it, hence why I haven't had to go into some of my houses for a while. Um, but yes, obviously, then we've got the teams um, for the refurbs and obviously we're managing the refurbs, but um, it's, we've got builders to, to obviously take all that on. Where does uh, your old man fit into, fit, fit into this team? Yeah, he's hand boots on the ground, I would say. Um, he does, I, I, I'm based in London at the moment. And so he is very much, uh, point of contact boots on the ground, dealing with, um, 
overseeing the builders, um, basically checking everything's okay. Um, and then I'm putting the deals together and, and a lot of the time finding the finance is, is sort of where I'm um, being quite lucky and fortunate in a way, being based in London. Great, super. Miles, we've talked about your past, but before we move on to the present and your future plans in HMO Property, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Are you looking for an effortless HMO mortgage experience? If that's a yes, there's only one place to go, www.thehmomortgagebroker.co.uk, the UK's number one specialist HMO mortgage broker. They're so specialized that they don't do anything else. HMO mortgages, HMO remortgages, and HMO bridging. That's it. They have access to every HMO lender out there, and even some exclusive products not available to other brokers. With lightning fast service and A1 communication, they're easily the best HMO broker in town. So to experience HMO lending made easy, go to www.thehmomortgagebroker.co.uk today. Miles, fast forwarding to the present day, tell us about your current portfolio in a bit more detail. Yeah, so we have 122 rooms. Um, and I also have a flat and um, then rent rolls uh, about 800,000 a year. So um, yeah, uh, 28 properties. So it's a good. Uh, Fab. Okay. And so you've got three locations, is that right? That's right. So we've got Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. Um, Hereford is where the bulk of the portfolio is in. Mm -hmm. And then um, we, so we own everything in Hereford. And in Worcester and Gloucester, we don't own anything there. They're management stuff. Um, however, and we'll get onto it in a minute, but um, we're moving into those locations at the moment. Okay. Fab. Okay. So 28, 28 properties, 122 tenants. Um, are they majority professional um, HMOs yeah. or are they students? Are they yeah. six beds? Are they a whole range? They are all professional HMOs. Um, they are all six beds bar two, I think. One was a rent-to-rent -rent turned lease option that we bought. Um, and one uh, is a five bed. Okay. So, tell us out of that whole portfolio, Miles, tell us your single best HMO investment to date. And it can be for a variety of reasons. It doesn't have to be money, but if it is, that's fine as well. Um, it, it is sort of student money, but it's to do um, not necessarily. It's not you know. It's not the sort of best deal in terms of there's no money left in it, and it's it's sort of um, got all recycled. There's about fifty k of cash left in it. However, what it was was it was a nineteen sixties sort of house um, with a granny annex on the side, and the granny annex had was a one bed flat that was being let out at the time, and we basically I converted the one bed flat into a two bed flat. We split everything up, all the services out and everything, split it off and it has its own parking, its own access um, and everything. And then we basically, what that enabled me to do was create an unencumbered flat that on the side of an HMO, that is sort of my just little pot. It's worth about 200K at the moment. So the plan is once and if I need a bit of money, either for my own house or for something else, or then I can just sell that 
and that's always been the plan is just to sell that and, and take that cash. Wow. And so you got a flat for free, basically. Exactly. exactly. The, the wholesale to retail strategy for sure. <laughs> nice. Love it. Okay. Next up, Miles, tell us about one significant mistake that you've made in your HMO business that by sharing, you might help other people avoid. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've made a lot more than one or two. Um, just on your one most <laughs> significant. My most significant um, is borrowing too much cash from investors on a loan basis. Basically, going out, I mean, raising money was not particularly tricky for me. And going out and borrowing money left, right and centre from loads of people at once with not enough deals to put all of it into at the same time. And I think there's another misconception from the property that is... Um, uh, it, you know, cash flows all over the place a lot of the time with HMO investors and people say on paper it looks really good but actually reality of HMO investing is your cash flow if you borrow money on a loan basis is all over the place a lot of the time you're just recycling this or raising that for, for, for the until you refinance and refinance takes longer and it's just just constantly moving money around and I think that's something people don't quite talk about as much um, so my biggest uh, mistake was borrowing too much cash for investors at once and having a real cash flow problem um, in, in terms of having to fund this, fund the interest to investors, pay it back without having to, you know, all sorts of things. But um, so my tip would be just don't borrow as much. Um, or what I would like, you know, where I've now gone down is just doing JV, straight JVs, 50-50 JVs, not borrowing it on a loan basis and bringing investors in to purchase the, in conjunction with them. Got it. Okay. Obviously, the JV scenario means you have no negative cash flow carry. Exactly. So they, they, they're funding it all, basically. And it's, it's separate, obviously, SPVs. So it's wrapped up in that. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes it very clean, much easier than moving money around from this and that and, and everything. So we've all, we've all been there. It's, yeah. a, it's a horrible place. Yes, it is. <laughs> you need a good accountant. All right, Miles. Tell us about your HMO portfolio plans for the next 12 months. What are you planning? Yeah, so um, to carry on building the existing portfolio, um, we're moving into a different area now. So where we were in Hereford, we've definitely hit our sort of getting towards, it's getting harder to fill rooms. Um, and we're having to be a bit more creative and innovative with um, how we're filling those rooms. So we're now going, so my plans going forward is basically moving into um, a new area and it's an Article 4 area which is um, being a very interesting uh, research um, sort of for me because so, I've never done it in Article 4 and I'm having to do all the research on the planning side of it and working out, you know, which areas are the density areas and hit all the planning criteria and everything. And that's been um, basically starting from scratch again, almost in a new area, having to again walk roads and work out where to do it. So we've just got to sort of, so the plan is to move into this area um, and go and buy um, five is, is just five HMOs with, with, with JV partners there. And that's on the HMO side of things. We've also been moving more into the development side of things a bit too. Um, and um, focusing on building new build houses, as well as converting some commercial buildings um, that we're doing at the moment. Or looking okay, at so have you got a target? So you got a target of five in this new area and yeah. one development site? Is that is that on your radar? No. The target for the development site is 50 units in planning. 50 so, units in planning. Yeah, 50 units in planning. So good target. Yeah. Well, so we'll we have, to get, have to get you back in 12 months' time and see how you're yeah. on. 
I mean, we're, we're just we're currently securing a load of development sites at the moment, uh, and these are quite big development sites. So um, we should have that target here. If, we, if we're just tying up legals at the moment on a lot of them, so option agreements over land and and um, uh, and things. If we if we if, we, if they all come off, then we will have no problem hitting that target. Well, we'll definitely get you back on the, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the podcast and see how you got on. Um, Miles, apart from building the portfolio, is there anything else you're up to in property that you'd like to share with HMO Nation? Yeah, I mean, I have on the side of the development stuff and the side of the HMO investing sort of things, I've recently launched our new letting agency, which manages all our own properties. The letting agency is called Relocation PA. And basically we are managing our own, but also other landlords' properties in Hereford, Worcester and Gloucester. Um, and it's been fairly unique, I would say, in the way that we, we've positioned it. We're, we're going down a slightly different um, route than most typical letting agents. Um, we've brought in some quite niche, innovative um, sort of elements to the agency, such as we're, um, uh, we are doing a 30-day rent-back guarantee. So if the tenants don't particularly like the house or the housemates, the way we're managing it, we will actually um, give them their rent back um, to, to move on and not have a, not have a problem with it, if, as long as it's within the first 30 days. We're doing um, uh, a flexible contract. So we're not tying them into six or 12 month contracts at all. So if they also wish to leave, um, then we won't kick up a fuss. Um, they are they are still protected as tenants, so we can't get rid of them quickly. Um, just just but they um, yeah if they wish just to give notice they just give thirty days notice and then they can leave. Again, it just basically allows them to, if they're not total flexibility really if they're not quite happy or that the circumstances change or whatever it is they can move on. And how we, has that impacted your occupancy? Yeah, so we're one hundred percent full at the moment and it's a tricky time of year. Um, obviously. Uh, that that's that's in itself is is proof and pudding. We have a waiting list of tenants actively wanting our rooms and, and not and actually not just room. They're just wanting to be renting through us and they don't really mind what property it is. They just you know we get we get lots of people just saying can we rent through you? So that's that's really been good. We don't take deposits as well, which I know is not anything particularly special, but it's just another factor that has helped us build that waiting list of tenants. Um, we we've gone about really building. Um, community with our tenants because obviously we've got a fair amount of tenants now so it's good that they they can meet each other so last week we had a social um a christmas sort of party with all our tenants came um and they get to meet each other and that obviously instead of just knowing your five or six other people in your house they get to meet everyone else as well so that's been good um so yeah we've set up this new letting agency that has really impacted our um in a positive way uh, our portfolio and also our landlords as well. So we're actively trying to find and take on more management of other landlords in Hereford, Worcester and Gloucester. So that's what I'm also building on the side of the moment, just growing that. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's, it's one thing that I had on my radar to bring up with you because we mentioned before in the preamble, I love your guys' website and anyone that's listening should check it out. It's relocation-pa.co.uk. It's a brilliant uh, spin on a co-living uh, HMO agency. It doesn't feel like your typical lettings agent. It quite clearly has some incredible added value compared to just renting a room off someone. So, um, yeah, I, I fully commend you for that website. I think it's brilliant. It must have taken you a while to plan it, even. It did, and then, yeah. And then execute it. Yeah, it took, it took about a year to get it from initial conversations with web developers to actually getting it live. And it's still not finished, but at least we're in a position that it's, you know, 
is good enough at the moment to go live. That's very good. Thank you. Miles, what advice would you give to any current HMO investors? Yeah, I mean, I touched on it slightly earlier in terms of not borrowing too much cash from, from investors um, on a loan basis. Um, and my advice would be to focus more on the JV side of things. So buying with a JV partner, 50-50, they put all the money in and um, you find the deal, do the work, get it let, and then you split that cash flow. And what about any advice you'd give people who are looking to get into HMO property for the very first time? Yeah, so I'm sure it's been said a lot, but what was game changing for me was getting some mentorship and bringing on a mentor who basically changed the way I was doing everything. We weren't looking at commercial funding um, for the refinance and we brought that in just the way we were dealing with um, bridging them. And, and so I went to a chat called Alex Stepsaski and he has been phenomenal for the last couple of years I've been with him. So anyone looking to get a property and HMOs especially, I would highly recommend going to find somebody like that who um, can basically sort of lead you the right way. Brilliant. Miles, before we sign off, we'd like you to recommend one great HMO resource or book. Then yeah. let HMO Nation know how they can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, great. Um, this is one of those, I, I, there's so many good things that I could think of for this. Um, and so, but for me, uh, and it's not really to do with property, but it's to do with more inspiration is my favorite book by far is Elon Musk's, Elon Musk's um, book for inspiration. And I've read it four or five times, just constantly whenever it's tough and you're finding things really tricky. Um, just reading that is, is really good for what I, for what I found anyway. Um, so that, um, yeah. And if HMO Nation want to connect with you, how can they do that? Yeah, so uh, you can email me on miles, which is with an I, um, at relocation-pa.co.uk or find us on Instagram, which is relocation underscore PA. Great. We'll make sure on the show notes page for this podcast, we link up to all your social profiles um, so people can get in touch with you. Miles, thanks for sharing your journey. We salute you. Let's get an HMO high five. <laughs> Thanks, Rupert. It's very kind. We'll see you soon. Good. Thank you very much. It's been great having you. Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed this and want more informational, educational and inspirational HMO property content, then please hit the subscribe button and give us a like. See you next time.